welcome to another special edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. Thank you to those who listened to last week's look back at the top five movie sequels discussion I had with Jason Robbins, Wally Phelps, and Joey Image. And if you haven't, definitely go back and check out that really fun episode. It's really discussions like that that made me fall in love with podcasting in the first place. Just a few friends getting together and talking about things that they love. This week, we're going to continue our look back at episodes of Feature Presentation with my conversation with actress Naomi Grossman. Most know her as Pepper from seasons two and four of American Horror Story. And as someone who's not really well-versed in the horror genre, but as a fan of movies and TV in general, it was fascinating to hear her stories on getting prepared for her role on that show. And something of note about this interview, this was the last show that I did for the original version of feature presentation before I moved it to a live format a couple of months later in May of 2022. So even though I was getting burnt out on the ver- the original version of feature presentation, this was still a fun interview to do. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Naomi Grossman. Happy to welcome Emmy-nominated actress Naomi Grossman to the show. Naomi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Doing fantastic. I was just marveling at all the fan art that you have there behind you. It's pretty impressive collection. <laughs> yeah, and this is just these two walls. There's a whole other the rest of the room you're not seeing. It's 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 quite remarkable. I this is my happy place. I come here to feel good about myself. You know, knowing that my art inspired others' art, it's really it's a beautiful kind of full circle experience. Well, I can imagine that it has to be flattering on your end because just you know, seeing the for those who are watching the video version, there's just a huge amount of fan <laughs> art from a huge poster to this giant you know black and white drawing. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's gonna oh, be flattering. I don't think the room is quite uh, pan pan ready, but <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's awesome though. That, that's got to be. Uh, such a like how how do you react when people submit you fan art like that i mean it's uh you know i it's i i invariably asked to take a picture and post it on my instagram it's like it's one of those moments like i can't believe that you know here i am it's it's been what like 10 years since pepper was a thing and um and yet people are still painting her um and it's 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 beautiful (laughs) And I'm sure we'll get into Pepper a little bit later on in the conversation, but I always like to start the interviews with this because I say ad nauseum on the show that when it comes to acting, directing, however, what field you want to get into in the industry, there's not really a how-to guidebook. Everyone kind of has their own unique story. And I was you know, reading up you know, on your bio and you, know, you grew up in Denver, Colorado, and then attended Northwestern University which I don't think I've talked to anyone who's gotten into the industry who one went to Northwestern or two lived in Colorado. So what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've talked to anyone in the industry who hasn't gone to Northwestern. Oh, really? That's because I I always think I'm exaggerating. And obviously I probably meet more people from Northwestern than your average person. But um, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people here in Hollywood, uh, you know, that went to USC or UCLA or, you know, and they say, man, if I wanted to meet someone in Hollywood, I needed to have gone to Northwestern. So, yeah, it's I mean, we kind of joke that it's like the mafia, like we kind of take care of our own. <laughs> I don't know how many 
you know, audition or I actually I signed with my agent because she was like, oh, I went to Northwestern. And I was like, boom, now we're fast friends. It's like so your family I, when you go to the same university. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, it was one of those things that didn't even occur to me when I was applying. You know, I wasn't thinking about an alumni with connections, uh, but it's been very, very helpful. Absolutely. It, you know, Northwestern, for those who don't know, is one of the most prestigious and well-respected universities in the entire country. So that that's amazing. And what, what was it like, you know, growing up in Denver and what was the, what were the performing arts and the creatives like? Cause you know, like here in Florida, we've got, you know, community theater and, you know, things like that. And we've had some films that have been made, you know, in the area a long time ago, but what was it like growing up in Denver? Did you know that you wanted to get into acting in the entertainment industry early on? Um, yes. I mean, I would say probably <laughs> with the exception of the snow, it was probably a lot like Florida. Like there really wasn't a whole lot going on um, film and television wise. Uh, and yet I just knew I knew from a really young age. I, you know, I came out of the womb kicking, you know, <laughs> with jazz hands, <laughs> you know, high kicking. <laughs> um so, uh, yeah, I, I, I knew from really long, young age, I was, uh, got involved with like community theater, like you said, and, um, regional commercials and kind of anything and everything that came out of Colorado, which wasn't a whole lot, but, um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I recently did that little, like, my name is challenge on a, a TikTok. I don't know if you saw where where actors would say, you know, my name is Naomi, but they call me, and I I actually included a, a clip from one of the very first things I ever did in Denver called uh, Father Dowling Mysteries. Um, you can see me as the confirmation kid. I, I recently reposted it on uh, Instagram and Facebook. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I've just, I, I, yeah, it's funny. Like now with Facebook. You, we know what our, you know, high school crush ate for breakfast. But even if it weren't for Facebook, if you ask my high school crush, what is Naomi Grossman doing right now? They would say she's probably on a stage or in front of a camera somewhere. So, you know, it's I, I've been an open like I've, it was it was never a doubt as to what I was going to be when I grew up. Did your family support you in that? Did you grow up in a creative family? Yes, I did. Um, my dad uh, is an architect. My mom is a pianist. So while they're not, uh, you know, actors per se, they definitely knew what it was to be a, an artist and to be sort of drawn by this, you know, impassioned by this thing and like that you really can't deny it. Um, so I, they were always very, very supportive. Well, that helps, too, because, you know, having that strong foundation can really be beneficial to you know, having a successful career later on. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they made me at the end of the day. They they're the ones that uh, took me to the, you know, theater and the ballet and the cinema and the opera and the symphony and, the, you know, you name it. I spent my whole childhood in an audience looking up there kind of wishing I were one of them. So uh, <laughs> had they, you know, tried to force the actor out of me, had they, you know, pressured me into law school or to go be a doctor, well, that would have been, that would have been really cruel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, exactly. So you attend Northwestern 
And then once you graduate from there, what steps did you take next to get into the, how did you get your foot in the door of the acting business? Well, I guess my, I got my foot in when I did that Father Dowling episode because uh, that earned me my SAG card, which, you know, screen actor skill, which uh, is usually the first step. That's the, the, the first kind of big, uh, you know, uh, milestone for the actor m- first moving out into Hollywood. I already had that. So I w- was a step ahead. Um, and yet... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I struggled at first. I, I first, I moved out here immediately after school. I'd, I'd survived four Chicago winners and I was done. Besides, I had a boyfriend, um, who had beat me here. He, uh, moved out to be a PA on friends, which at the time that was like the biggest show. And the fact that he was like getting Jennifer Aniston coffee, I mean, Forget it. He was me. He was basically like, he might as well just, you know, go get his star on the Hollywood Walk of Frame already. Yeah. And just retire Uh, after that. Yeah. Just retire. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, of course, I beelined it to Hollywood to go, you know, be with a boyfriend. That lasted like five minutes. Um, But it got me out here. Um, um, I wasn't going to get here on my own, but, um, you know, I wanted to meet Jennifer Aniston. So, yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, but I, you know, I came out here with, I was, I was pretty presumptuous uh, when I first moved out here. I, I had this kind of very like, all right, well, I'm ready for my clothes up. You know, I'd, I'd uh, been the lead of all the plays. So next step, you know, my own sitcom, right? I mean, that's how these things work. Naturally. And sadly, it is how these things work, or at least I've seen it work that way. You know, uh, Zoe Deschanel, who, dropped out of Northwestern, um, waltzed out here and had her own sitcom, like, immediately. I mean, Zach Braff, who was in my grade, he wasn't even a theater major. And he was, uh, he was all of a sudden, you know, cast on Scrubs. So I've seen it happen. And I didn't understand why it wouldn't, shouldn't happen for me. Um, of course, I don't have, like, Zoe Deschanel's family, etc. So... <laughs> Yeah, that architect dad and mom and pianist mom were only so helpful in that regard. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I I had to take my own little kind of unorthodox route there. But I, you know, I got there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like we were saying earlier, there's not a a how to guidebook on how to get into Hollywood. It's just half the battle is getting out there, which, you know, you you did you know, even though the relationship didn't work out, you still made your way out there. So there, there's, there's a silver lining in everything. Oh, 100% agree with that. Yep. So uh, kind of stepping forward a little bit, how did you get the role uh, as Pepper on American Horror Story? Because I, I truly think that you, Pepper is one of, if not the most recognizable character in that entire show, just because you, you had such a unique look with the shaved head and the prosthetics that it just, you know, it just immediately grabs your attention. You're like, holy crap, I want to see what's going on there. So uh, how, how did you get that role? Um, well, I had an audition. Uh, I had an agent at the time called me with it. Um, and the, um, the audition consisted of a, um, a monologue of Jessica Langs from season one. 
And then a, uh, they gave me a ball and they asked them to, as if I were a four-year-old, try to get them to play with them. Of course, I didn't know what that meant. You know, they're very secretive. They weren't about to let on, you know, they weren't about to use words like, you know, pinhead or microcephalia. You know what I mean? Because the minute they do that, then all of a sudden, every actor through their door, every agent manager, you know, reading their emails is like, jig is up. Like, so uh, they didn't let on as to what I was until well after I was cast. It wasn't until I was in a you know, meeting with makeup and they were applying all these prosthetics and said, you know, you're going to look like this. So you're kind of want to probably want to act like that, you know, cause let's face it, they go, they go together. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing the links that they take to, to uh, keep things secret. I mean, they would after from the makeup chair, they would actually cloak me in a full burqa to transport me to set. And I mean, I remember riding around in, the, in these little golf carts, like whizzing past, you know, tourists on the studio lot and thinking, wow, those people probably like think I'm, I don't know, Michael Jackson or, you know, Lady Gaga or somebody, you know what I mean? Like they have no idea, like wh who could it be? Who's in the burqa? <laughs> But that's really cool that they do that, though, because, you know, you hear stories about what happened with the latest Spider-Man movie with them sneaking like Willem Dafoe and Jamie Foxx and others on set wearing those same burkas. It it adds, I, I think, as someone who would work behind the scenes, at least if I were doing it, it adds that certain like element of surprise. And I think that's really cool. Well, and that's why, you know, there was this like rumor that I'd been kicked off set uh, because uh the security guy didn't recognize me. Well, yeah, because he'd never actually seen me before. You know, I what we were working on location at, outside the Santa Ana courthouse. And I, you know, so there are technically just people in the wild walking up. And I could have absolutely been one of them, like grazing craft services. You know, he he didn't recognize recognize me as crew. He didn't recognize me as one of the actors because how could he, I, I, unless you were inside those, you know, that fortress tent, uh, or you could see through my burqa, you had no idea what I look like. So I don't blame the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Plus what was they got a good story out of it. Yeah, for sure. What was <laughs> your reaction? Cause you said you didn't know what the final makeup and final product looked like until you actually saw it for the first time. What was your initial reaction? I mean, I was excited. Like I'm, I just love really big characters. Um, so, you know, I like playing house. I always wanted to be like the evil stepmother. You know what I mean? I don't, I never wanted to be the like ingenue pretty girl. You know, <laughs> I always wanted to be the, you know, the most, the, the biggest, most over the top sort of grotesque character. And so it is kind of, ironic I should happen into this one because she really is all of that <laughs> well I, I can imagine that you know it's almost more liberating and more freeing to play uh, an over-the-top character or like you had mentioned an evil stepmother or a villain because you can do stuff that you wouldn't get to do in normal everyday life well yes and I'm getting you know, I get the added benefit of all these people telling me how beautiful I am. I never, no one ever said anything until 
pepper. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've always looked like this. It's only now that the whole internet tells me, you know, all at once. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> well, I, I, I truly think that it, it's one of the best prosthetic and makeup jobs that I've seen in either film or TV, just because, you know, in setting up this interview, the, the publicist sent a side by side picture of you, how you normally look, and then a picture of Pepper. And it just really hits home, like how great of a job that they did. But one other oh, yeah. thing I got to ask about with this character. So you legit shaved your head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can watch it how- on YouTube. Yeah. How, how was that? Like, did, was that, were you told to do that or did you just say, okay, I'm going to go yeah, all I out and I'm going to voluntarily take the razor to my head. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like that was important to the, 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 for the role. So I'm a, you know, team player. Uh, I mean, I would have liked to have cut my hair, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm single. I'm trying to mingle, you know, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, at the same time, I, w- I didn't want to screw this up. I wasn't about to lose this part. So, um, yeah, for Asylum, they uh, shaved everything but that little tuft of hair. And then for Freak Show, they actually shaved it all. And I think I think that was just a, a courtesy because, you know, Salty uh, was a just bald man. And so if he got to go about his life in a like normal way, what? Why shouldn't I? Uh, so, um, so we, I lost the wig and I just kind of rocked the bald head, um, which was great, especially because we were in New Orleans. It was July. Ooh. Like I wasn't trying to keep a stitch on me that I didn't absolutely have to have. <laughs> yeah. Although there were a few really like kind of compromising moments where I would be recognized in like the French quarter and people would ask to take a photo. And I was like, yes, but like, can you not post it till September? <laughs> you know, because otherwise people are going to wonder what's Pepper doing, you know, bald running around New Orleans where they happen to be shooting American Horror Story. I couldn't fathom wearing a wig in New Orleans because I only live like two hours from there. And in July, August, it, the heat is just unbearable. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, talk to me about this, this latest film that, that just came out that you were a part of. It's a, a romantic comedy with a vampire twist uh, called Bite Me. How did you hear about this project and what drew you to want to get involved with it? So Naomi McDougal Jones, uh, the other Naomi, actually, there were three. Our makeup person was also a Naomi. Oh, cool. um, yeah. So uh, but she wrote and stars and uh, apparently had me in mind for the role as she was writing it. Um, and sure enough, they did a few uh, stage readings in New York uh, where, you know, she lived at the time and um, kept getting the note, you know, this Chrissy character just isn't working. And she kept saying, because Naomi Grossman has, isn't playing her yet. You know, just wait, just wait. Uh, so, you know, obviously I had pretty big shoes to fill uh, because I wanted, you know, sh- she had obvious expectations as to what Naomi Grossman would be. And obviously I'm the only one that can necessarily fill that. But what if I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, yeah, no, um, she came to me with a role. And of course I was very, very flattered. Um, uh and uh, I, I, I just really responded to the script. I thought it was, um, it was just 
really well done. It was well crafted. I, I often say, you know, as an architect's daughter, I know that if the blueprints don't hold, like the house is not going to stand. Same here. Like if the script has holes in it, like those holes are going to be even worse when they're, you know, put into play. So, um, you know, those are things you can't just fix and post. So, um, I, uh, I, I, from, yeah, I, I signed on right away. I, I was excited to play besides I got to, uh, marry sort of my two loves, you know, I come from comedy and yet hadn't really been cast in a comedy, uh, much. And, uh, at least aside from the things I produce myself and, um, and then, of course, there was this sort of like horror twist, which I knew would satiate fans. So it was a no brainer. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that is how was it playing a comedic role when you're you're known for for horror, specifically American horror stories. So I'm sure as an actor that had to be a little refreshing in a way to play something a little different. Yeah, I mean, I'm known for horror, right? but that's people who don't actually know me. Like the people that know me know like, Oh, Naomi's funny. In fact, I, um, you know, I, I worked for years at the Groundlings, uh, Sunday company, you know, that, which for people who aren't familiar, it's a, just the sort of like SNL factory. I mean, you name it, you know, Kristen Wiig, Phil Hartman, Lisa Kudrow, Melissa McCarthy. I mean, Will Ferrell. I mean, it's literally like any, anyone and everyone funny came out of there. Um, I mean, that's not fair to all the other comedy theaters out there, but I'm just saying it's, it's, uh, they've got a pretty good, uh, little ratio going on. Um, anyway, that's, uh, you know, I, I came out of there and, uh, I always felt that this, this business is so hard that you just, you, you got to get a gimmick, you know, you find your niche and just stick to that. And, um, the fact is that was a little myopic on my part, instead of just focusing on comedy, I should have just focused on characters, right? Because that is what I do. And yet characters exist in all genres, right? I mean, let's face it, comedy and, and horror really work really well together in that regard. You know, you look at some of these famous horror tropes, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Freddy Krueger, you know, the, the guy with like scissors for hands or, or, um, you know, I, I, there's, I mean, there's so many that I, I feel like they, they, it's, it's one of those things. It's almost like you could just dial it up for comedy, dial it down for, for drama. I mean, Pepper could totally exist on SNL. I, I mean, Absolutely. I could see her, you know, I could see her kicking it with the cone heads or, you know, in the passenger seat with Toons as the cat completely. Uh, but she's not, she's in the asylum. She's at the freak show. You know, it's just a matter of sort of dialing that up. We're dialing that down and, and, and being conscious of, you know, the world you're in, the tone of the show um, and, and, and meeting uh, meeting your surroundings. <laughs> Cause let's face it. I was working alongside like, you know, Jessica Lang and like, you know, I'm not going to tune the cat with Jessica, the Lang, you know what I mean? 
By the way, SNL is missing out on a pepper conehead skit. That would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. Yeah. I'm right here. Just a phone <laughs> I'm call. I'm sure away. they're listening. I'm sure Lauren Michaels is watching this. Oh, going, absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, one thing I did want to say about Bite Me, because I, I did get the chance to watch it. And, and I find it, you know, as I've gotten older, that you have a, pretty much every genre has a formula that you can pick up on, whether it's horror, comedy, the different types of comedy. But what makes it interesting is when you add little nuances and little twists to it that make it different. In this case being, you know, the vampire element, which you don't really see in a romantic comedy. I mean, they tried it with Twilight, but that was more of like a drama. We've seen it in you know, like classic horror movies, but I can't really think of a vampire romantic comedy that I've ever seen. So I, I thought, you know, it, it added such a cool twist to it. And I, I really enjoyed the movie. I think it was really well written. Uh, I thought the acting was good. You could tell that all the cast members had fun, you know, working together because chemistry and enjoyment from actors, like it does bleed through the screen. And I felt that. So I, I really enjoyed the movie. Awesome. And I especially appreciate the little uh, vampire reference bleeding through the screen. That was unintentional, Noted. but I'll, I'll, I'll take credit for it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now that Bite Me has wrapped up, what's next for you? Do you have any uh, current projects in the works that you'd want to talk about? Yeah, um, I shot a film uh, recently called uh, Replica, which is um, stars Mickey Rourke. Um, I play a neo-Nazi meth head. <laughs> so very far from myself, um, thankfully. Uh, but it's an indie movie. So kind of like bite me. It's like, meh, we don't ever know when, when these things are going to, you know, happen. It, it takes money. And so we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We may not talk about that for a while. Oh, I do have another film actually that just came out on, um, uh, streaming this week. It's called just swipe. I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not going to say much more because I don't know if I'm any good in it. Uh, I don't know if the movie's any good, but uh, it's it's also kind of it's out there available for stream streaming. Also, I uh, I've been working on my own one woman show uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, it's written, it's memorized, it's it's blocked, it's just it's ready to put on stage. So I'm hoping that we'll uh, manage to have that streaming too you know now with this proliferation of these one hour comedy specials you know we're we're all stuck inside kind of like looking for alternative entertainment and well i'm i personally think american horror story is the perfect antidote to that but um we'll see to be to be continued on that well that's been one positive about the pandemic is there's been everybody being stuck at home you know writers can write Actors can learn how to write and create their own projects. So I, I think I've said this back, you know, late 2020, but I, I think over the next year or two, we're going to see this huge surge in creativity of projects that have been planned for the last two years. So I, I look forward to, to seeing more about your, your one woman show. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, especially because these things take forever. Like people have these ideas that like, you know, these Marvel movies just come out every other minute. No, they've been taking, they literally take like 10 years, you know? And like, um, uh, and that's with a, with, that's with the Marvel budget 
forget about like little indie movies like you know bite me or my own little one woman show like whew, it's a miracle that anything gets out <laughs> yeah for sure uh do you have a website or social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can yeah sure i'm at uh naomi w grossman on all socials and of course my website is naomi and last question, I always like to end the interviews with this. What is one thing you have watched recently, whether it's a movie or a series that you would recommend to people? Um, well, I just happened to happen upon it last night. Um, Pam and Tommy. I haven't watched that yet, but it looks wild. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. There's a scene between Tommy and his member that is just talk about prosthetics. Uh, I mean, I have to believe that that's, yeah, that was uh, some puppetry of the penis, if you will, uh, which, uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> talk about some creativity. Uh, yes. Yes. Somebody was cooped up in the pandemic and thought of that. Let me tell you. Okay. I have to see this now. Yeah, I, I, I heard that was a like I heard that was a possibility, but I was like, that can't be true. But now that I've heard it from someone who's seen it, I'll have to check <laughs> it out. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine. I mean, people ask me about my time in the makeup chair. I mean, that guy, he, it, it, you know, he's getting yeah. made up, but, you know, yeah, not, not the face. Yeah, that, that I'm sure that would probably make for a very interesting story. I am sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This is great. Of course. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you again to Naomi Grossman for taking the time to chat with me on feature presentation last year. And hopefully, who knows, I'll be able to do a second interview with her for the Derek Diamond experience. Next week, we'll be continuing our look back at episodes of feature presentation with a conversation I had with two local filmmakers, Shannon Williams and Renee Jordan. They joined me on feature presentation back in the summer of last year to talk about the making of their short film, The Skunk Ape. So be sure to come back for that really fun discussion. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience at linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You can find anything related to the show in one location. If you want to follow the show on social media, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Everything is at linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more likely the show is to be discovered by anyone searching for filmmaking podcasts or podcasts about movies in general. And I believe that's going to do it for this special edition of the show. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys back here next Monday for another awesome special edition of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>